All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, July 11th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We are doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, I mean, we got a, another huge weekend at the box office. We got a Marvel movie that opened up. There's a lot of debate right now as to whether this was a success, whether it's not a success. Obviously, the debate ends today because we will tell you the answers that you need. So, Clayton, are you ready to plow for this for this big Thor Love and Thunder opening weekend? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go all the way to 10. Wow. Let's do a top 10 plow. Why the heck not? Wow. Number one, Thor Love and Thunder made $143 million in its first weekend. Number two, Munions, The Rise of Gru, made $46.1 million, down 57%. It added 36 theaters. It's at $210.6 million in its second frame. Number three, Top Gun Maverick, $15.5 million, down 40%. It lost 330 theaters. It's now at $597.4 million in its seventh weekend. Number four, Elvis, made 11 $1 million, down only 39%, lost 218 theaters. It's at $91.3 million in its third frame. Number five, Jurassic World Dominion, made $8.5 million, down 47%. It lost 550 theaters. It's at $350.5 million in its fifth weekend. Number six, The Black Phone, $7.7 million, down 36%. It lost 597 theaters. It's at $62.4 million in its third weekend. Oh, boy. Number seven. Oof. Lightyear made $2.9 million, down 55%. It lost 1,710 theaters. It is now at $112.3 million in its fourth weekend. Number eight. Mar Marcel the Shell with Shoes On made $340,000. That's a increase of 30%. It added 26 theaters. It is now at $963,000 in its third weekend. Number nine, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made $262,000, down 37%. It lost 450 theaters. It's at $411 million in its 10th weekend. And number seven, I mean, sorry, number 10, down from number seven, Mr. Malcolm's List made $255,000, down 69%. It lost 327 theaters. It's now at $1.6 million in its second weekend. And that is your top 10. All right, so... I mean, obviously, Thor Love and Thunder is the big story here. Just real quick, I mean, not to continue beating the newest. You know, we used to have a dead horse in Christopher Nolan. I think our new dead horse that we've been beating a lot is Lightyear. But mm -hmm. let's just beat this dead horse quickly. Lightyear, you know, the newest blender for Bob Chapstick. Um, it's at $112 million after four weeks. We've obviously been following and are going to continue to follow whether Lightyear could pass Pixar's, you know, all-time flopperoo, The Good Dinosaur, 
get over that hump. Of course, Good Dinosaur's grand domestic total was $123 million. So after four weeks, Lightyear is now at a total of 112 domestic. So it needs to make about $11 million or more to go. It just made $2.9 million. How are you feeling right now about the chances that Lightyear, you know, digs up another 11 or so million dollars, $12 million to get past good dinosaur. Do you, do you think this is going to happen? No, no way because it's hemorrhaging theaters. Yeah. And people don't like this movie. And we're going to get into a little uh, section of the summer where there's not much out, but that doesn't mean that people are going to go sign up for a stinker. Mm-hmm, sign up mm-hmm. for a, a certified bomb. They're not right. gonna. They're not that uh, gung ho about sitting in a movie theater that they're gonna risk being a social pariah right, for going right. to see a stinker of a movie like Lightyear. Right. So right. I don't think there's any shot. Also, I know we don't talk about worldwide, but this thing's at two hundred and four million, and Good Dinosaur legged out to three hundred and thirty three point seven million. It's not gonna make, uh, it's not gonna make the the worldwide of dinosaur right. And dinosaur opened to thirty nine compared to Lightyear's fifty, so that thing opened lower and is gonna beat it on all fronts. Right, right. This is a, a disaster. This is a this is a calamitous disaster. Oh, listen, light Lightyear is an atrocity. Lightyear is a disgrace. You know, it is a forever a stain on Bob Chapstick's record running Disney running Pixar. That that's that's guaranteed. I think the one thing that could save, quote unquote, because Lightyear can't be saved, but the one thing that could save it from falling under good dinosaur domestically is just that it may be able to hold on to some theaters because the schedule the next few weeks is a little light. You know, we're, we're going to do our weekend preview episode at the end of this week, but there's nothing gigantic opening this Friday, July 15th. So right now, light years at 2,090 theaters. Is it by default going to be able to hang on to some? And by default, people will just wander in and buy light year tickets. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think this movie has another 11 or $12 million domestic in it. I think it'll be on D plus soon, but that's the one thing going for it is that the upcoming schedule starts to get very light in the summer. So light year might just be able to hang around longer than it deserves. But I mean, if I'm we'll a see. Theater, either way, it's an atrocity. If I'm a theater, I'm taking some of those light year mm-hmm. theaters and giving them to Maverick. Yes. Yeah, well, giving I mean, them to of Elvis, giving them to yes. the Dinos, giving them to right. the Munions. Right, right. Uh, uh, for sure. For sure. Giving them to, I mean, again, we'll talk about it uh, in our weekend preview. Maybe giving those those screens to Marcel the Shell with shoes on. You know, that uh, that uh, that's a movie, yeah. an indie movie, had a per screen average of $7,000 per screen. Obviously, it's right now playing in the most perfect theaters for it. You know, Coastal Elite indie movie screen so that this per theater average will be high but give those light year screens to marcel the kids will be into that more than they're going to be into buzz i mean listen 
why not give some of those screens to everything everywhere all at once? Why sure. not? Sure. Sure. But but yeah, those light year screens, it still has 2000 screens that it's currently staining. It's time to take light year out of those screens. Give them to Maverick, give them to Marcel. Hey, listen, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Marcel the show with shoes on, but I'll I'll say one thing about that movie. That movie is based on an IP and it is a movie where they don't take Marcel, the shell with shoes on, and give you a totally different version that you don't recognize. They give the people, the Marcel, the shell with shoes on, from the YouTube series, unlike Lightyear, which took the Buzz Lightyear everyone knew and gave them some crazy, you know, reinterpretation that they didn't want. Give the people what they want when it comes to these kids' IPs. Take Lightyear out of theaters, put Marcel, the shell with shoes on, in those theaters. Yeah, remove the stain. Hashtag remove the stain. Yeah. All right. So I think we it's time. We, we've got other movies we'll go through later, but let's get to the number one movie of the weekend. A new Marvel movie, Thor, the fourth Thor in the Thor series, Thor Love and Thunder, opened up this weekend. And, you know, we're doing this on Zoom, so you could see what I'm doing right now, Clayton. I'm patting myself on the back. Because I pretty much nailed this opening weekend in our weekend preview episode. I said this movie would open to 145 in a three-day. It opened to $143 million. I mean, that's pretty much nailing it. I mean, you're, you are over. And it's in, pretty in much most, nailing it. In most game shows, over means you didn't nail it. But I'll give you this because it's Thanks. $2 million off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing about this. The 12th biggest domestic opener for a Marvel movie, the biggest Thor opening of all time, beating Ragnarok, which was 121, 122, Mm -hmm. I believe. And um, nobody's feeling great about it, and nobody likes this movie. I mean, not to be extreme about it, but I feel like there is the fatigue. I feel like even us. Right. Even us. Even us are are loath to talk about this movie well i mean and this box office because it really isn't inspiring i know it's good box office it is it did not underperform it was low in the you know low part of the tracking Mm -hmm. but there's something about this that doesn't inspire any sort of positive feelings it doesn't inspire any feelings for me actually i mean i think there's a little bit of We've had a nice run this last month or so since Doctor Strange where we've gotten a bunch of hit movies that aren't superhero movies. You know, mm-hmm. we've had Maverick, which has been the box office story of the decade, probably, you know, yeah. where we've had this 90s star-driven non-superhero movie that is going to end up being one of the biggest movies of the year going to end up being you know we'll we'll check its uh, its status later but it's going to end up being one of the biggest domestic movies of all time you know when we've had elvis is a hit we've had jurassic world the dinos have been a hit you know black phone a a blumhouse thriller has been a hit so we've had this nice respite from superheroes being the only thing at the box office. So I think there's a little bit of superhero fatigue and just now like, oh, we've got to talk about superheroes. But 
we want we want things to be a hit and, and the movie theaters need these superhero movies to perform you know if the superhero movie industry collapses i think that's going to be tough for theaters you know at least in the short term i i, I don't i don't agree because i at I least think in the that, short but, term but yeah but by the time they collapse i think there'll be something else to to take their place because that's what happens right so it, it will be replaced and that's why they will start doing worse. Right. I mean, the thing is this Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder, this is not, we are not here to report on some kind of disastrous opening weekend. It did no. open on the low end of the tracking, you know, so we're also not here to report on an opening weekend uh, like a Thor Ragnarok where that Thor Ragnarok was a movie that blew away the tracking. That was a nice level up for these movies. Love and Thunder is not that. You know, Love and Thunder opening at 143. It opened at about $50 million less than uh, what Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness did in May. And I mean, it only... Here's something I got to throw out there. This movie... Thor Love and Thunder opened only $9 million higher than the Batman did in April. Mm-hmm. And I know that Batman is a bigger IP on its own than something like Thor. But you got a grade on the box office curve of Thor is an Avenger. Thor is one of the biggest Marvel properties. At the movies, Marvel is supposed to be the absolute dominant brand. And... The fact that Thor barely opened higher than what Batman did in April in a weaker time for box office, I think it goes to show this Thor movie is not, it's not going to overperform and it's not something that people are going to go out of their way to see. I think this is showing this is possibly going to be a middling performer long term. It is, but you have to give, you have to understand the thing with, the Batman is that Batman is the marquee Warner brothers character truly in a way that none of the other, those, none of those other characters really matter. Mm -hmm. I know Aquaman's a billion dollar baby, but that's, that's an outlier. I think like Batman is the biggest thing other than Joker. Right. Joker's the biggest that Warner brothers has and Thor who is on the lower end of the Avengers when it comes to popularity was able to beat it. So I don't really think it says much. I, I, I don't think it I says think, much. About I the do weakness think you're of this underestimating movie. Thor. Like when you say Thor's on the lower end at this point, Thor is a character that has been one of the featured players in the most popular film series of the past 12 years like Thor shouldn't be getting the graded on a curve uh uh you know status anymore Thor should be expected to perform I don't think we should look at Thor as something oh it's just Thor Thor movies don't have to do that well Thor has been Thor is the is the the last remaining Avenger from the most popular thing that movies have had in the last 12 years. Thor should be looked at as something that is expected to open huge. Well, that's not 50 million less than Dr. Strange. 
Can Thor? I've already explained why Doctor Strange is a bigger movie. Listen to last episode. Doctor Strange is a bigger movie because it is an event movie like Civil War was. Like Captain America Civil War was. Captain America Civil War was an Avengers movie couched in a Captain America movie. And Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was never that. People did not realistically think that Spider-Man was going to be in Doctor Strange. Civil War was a movie where you knew all the Avengers were in it. And it had already leaked pretty much at that point when it opened that Spider-Man was debuting in Civil War. With Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness in May, there was hope that there would be crazy cameos. But I think you're way overplaying the expectation going into that movie that it was an Avengers movie. It's still when it when it opened word was getting around that this was pretty much a Doctor Strange standalone movie that might have no. some cameos. It no, was not it an Avengers movie. A Wanda movie. And, and Wan- WandaVision, I know we don't watch any of those crappy Marvel shows, but though WandaVision was a huge show and people wanted to see what happened to Wanda. You're way that overestimating the Wanda importance of movie Wanda. And a Doctor Strange movie together. Therefore, it is not a standalone film like some of the other ones, like your Iron Man 3s or your Captain Marvels. It was a significant. You're, you're way overblowing, in- the, overblowing the importance of what people were expecting, other than Doctor Strange in that movie. And and, and listen, Thor: Love listen, and Thunder had the Jack Guardians Nicholson in every would be trailer. Iron Man. There was the Jack Nicholson as Iron Man thing. I I I I think you're 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 really letting Thor off the hook because here here's a comparison too. So Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange movie, opened up. Hold on, real real quick. So the first Doctor Strange movie opened up in November 2016 to 85 million dollars. To $85 million. Okay, I was close. The second movie opened up to $187 million. So the, from the first to the second movie, that series increased $100 million. Okay? So Thor Dark World uh, opened at $85 million in 2013. It increased by about $40 million between Dark World and Ragnarok in 2017 and then this movie only increased from ragnarok to love and thunder by 22 million dollars and that's going from a november release to a mid-july release so what i'm saying here is the popularity of dr strange you know increased over 100 million between those movies and that is not just wandavision that is not just you know the the she Wanda was basically the tenth banana in every movie she had been in up to that point, and Listen. so she wasn't the value add that made that a hundred million dollars bigger opening. Whereas Thor: Love and Thunder only increased nominally over Ragnarok. It just goes to show. I think the difference is people were not that into what they had heard about this movie. Listen, I don't want to belabor this. I'm going to 
I'm going to make one more point, and this is why we need to have a live drive time radio show because every day the this callers, is a three hour conversation, the lines would be lighting up. Oh, with people agreeing with me because no. when you look, listen, when you look at these top ten grossing Avenger like a uh, uh, Marvel movies, right? They they have. Endgame, right? No Way Home, which of course, yeah, Sony and Marvel, but still. Infinity War, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Civil War, right? What these all have in common is that they're big, they're big foundational blocks in what Marvel has created, which is an overarching story that's connecting, right? That is why Doctor Strange opened it's not about dr strange it's about the fact that it introduced it was supposed to introduce the multiverse although spider-man opened earlier because uh, of so another a lot caveat all you're given is caveats about multiverse of madness was never realistically going to be a movie where there were all these other avengers it's no, no, not the same as endgame it's not the same the as story. civil war it's important to the overarching story of Marvel and the MCU in a way that another Thor movie isn't. But that's what I'm trying to say. That's why Doctor Strange 2 opened up after the movie that it was supposed to be the prequel for. Fans went into that Doctor Strange movie knowing that the continuity of that was already worthless. But if you're Marvel, it's not not Civil War. If you're a Marvel head... You wanted to see what happened to Wanda. And I know you don't watch those shows and I don't watch those shows, but you don't understand that that is a huge story for people who follow all the Marvel stuff. First of all, that don't say why. I don't understand. Don't say I don't understand. I'm not saying you don't. Un- what I said you don't understand because you don't understand. I actually am not. Well, I don't understand why I'm backtracking because you don't understand. So I don't, don't understand. No, that that's, listen, right now, this is when the ratings on the drive time show will be shooting up because we are heating up because I am TO'd or I'm PO'd. PO'd, okay. yes. And TO'd. I'm also TO'd and PO'd. You ticked off. That you would you say, I don't understand. Off. You don't understand that movies are not Streamo and Streamo are not movies. And WandaVision and Wanda and the Scarlet Witch are a 10th, 11th, 12th on the call sheet character. When it comes to movies, which is that is the place where people buy their tickets to see things at the movie theater, not on Streamo. So it's great that she's getting all these record minutes on Streamo on Disney Plus. It doesn't mean that she sells movie tickets. Well, Doctor think about Strange the Downton Abbey movie. Cannot think about be... the the Downtown the Downton Abbey movie was a culmination. The first one was a culmination of a TV series. And that did, for what it was, Bafa Bobo, right? So there is the migration from the small screen to the big screen. And so that's what happened with Wanda. And listen, I don't like any of this stuff. And I'm not sticking up for Thor because I don't like You're him You're carrying either. water for Thor. He should have opened bigger than he did. Coming off of Ragnarok, this should have been a bigger opening weekend than $143 million. But by how this much? This character because had I, more momentum. I said that I thought it would open 
at 156 would have put it over Captain Marvel and right behind Iron Man 3, where I think this movie would have belonged. I mean, That's I do the think highest that a better, I think it could have opened. A better version of this movie with more buzz going into it, with more good word of mouth, would have had a bigger jump. It should have been in Doctor Strange 2 territory. It absolutely no, should I have opened in weekend, been closer to that rather than been Nothing. closer to the Batman. I get that the Batman and Batman is on its own a bigger known property. But we're talking Marvel movies. We're talking July opening. We're talking sequel with the same director to a movie that everyone loved, that everyone's been watching for the past three, four years. This movie should have opened bigger. If it opens over Doctor Strange, that would mean it would either tie with Age of Ultron for the for its opening or almost touch Black Panther, which you cannot compare Thor to Black Panther. It should it it should have been opening in the one sixties one seventies. This movie opening in the one forties, this far from Doctor Strange two, I do think is is a statement of what people felt about this movie going in. The bad word of mouth going in hurt this movie. A better yeah. version of this movie with not with more cameos, not with more interconnectivity, just a better version of this movie that had better buzz going in would have done better. It should have done better. Thor is a big so, character. Thor is the is the last remaining Avenger. And they were teasing the Guardians. As much as you would have thought Jack Nicholson was playing Iron Man in Doctor Strange 2 or Spider-Man was going to be in there, people thought that the Guardians of the Galaxy would have been in this movie. So if we're talking about this opening as big or bigger than Doctor Strange at uh, least closer. It should have gotten closer to 185. If this had been a pure movie of Thor, Love and Thunder is a Guardians and Thor movie, I could see that happening. I could see what you're saying happening, right? That if this movie was a better version of itself, if it's a true Guardians, even if the first half of the movie is him with the Guardians. Mm -hmm. This movie does do better, but all the, like you said, all of the pre-opening buzz was they're in it for f five minutes. Right, right. And it turned people off because also it's not as connected to the MCU as people want to see as we see from these openers. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The takeaway is this feels like the most disappointing 140 million plus opening weekend in a while. And again, yes. this is not a failure. There is there is no world in which this movie going forward is anything less than a hit. You know, this is not a light year situation where this is a bad opening weekend and it's going to lead to a bad result. But I do feel like this, along with something like Eternals, you know, and, and maybe to some degree the Black Widow, but that was such COVID opening, you know, uh, mm -hmm. last summer. These start to feel like the cracks in the Marvel is the most dominant and only, you know, sure thing 
in box office. The, these are the initial cracks that I think we'll be able to point to down the road. I Thor Love and Thunder feels more like a crack than it does feel like a a, a success. Well, I think there's a positive to that mm-hmm. because I do think competition breeds excellence and mm-hmm. these Marvel movies running away with the box office was not good for competition. It wasn't mm-hmm. good for product. Mm-hmm. So now when you see people being psyched about the Munions, being psyched about Maverick, being psyched about the Dino still, being psyched about Elvis, mm-hmm. it puts the pressure on Marvel because they're not the only big openers going. And in mm-hmm. the Batman, it, as much as I hate the superhero shit, the Batman doing what it did is a uh, competition for Marvel, which is also good. Because mm-hmm. just competition makes products better. Mm-hmm. And the Marvel movies they've been putting out recently have not been up to par. So if DC can give them a run for their money, then they're going to have to get their shit together. They're going to have to tighten up their VFX. They're going to have to treat their VFX uh, workers yep. better. Number one, have you have you uh, read? Are you hinting at the the big news that's coming out uh, all over Reddit? Have you have you been reading this? I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but there uh, there was a a redditor who posted about how poorly Marvel treats the VFX technicians yep. and the people who do VFX, and how it's uh, uh, also affecting the quality of the work. Yes, yes, which is what we'll focus on. Is I I saw that that's been getting out, and a lot of people in the VFX industry have been signing on to that. That apparently. Marvel is a nightmare to work with, mm-hmm. and they set crazy deadlines. They expect way more for their money than anyone has ever gotten for visual effects. And that is part of why these movies look so terrible and have mm-hmm. been looking worse and worse as years go on. And that all seeps into the quality, and eventually, quality does seep into box office. You know, Absolutely. so when you yes. get these Marvel movies, that look like complete, you know, green screened garbage that uh, eventually even the least discerning moviegoer will eventually discern it. You know, there's going to be moviegoers that discern it more quickly, but eventually everyone's going to discern that Thor Love and Thunder looks like trash. Dude, and, there's parts of No Way Home that look like fucking Lawnmower Man. Yes, yes, yes. And we love Lawnmower right? Man, but Lawnmower Man was not a movie that played on 4,000 screens and, you know, made over a billion dollars. And had people campaigning it for it for to be a Best Picture nominee. Right. If the Lawnmower Man, though, was expected to be a cameo in Thor Love and Thunder. Do you think that the movie gets to $150 million open a weekend? I mean, it gets my 1850. Right. Right. I know that for damn sure. So, yeah, I mean, I do think there are cracks in the Marvel machine. Obviously the, all of these TV shows, these streamo shows that, you know, you, you claim are the most important thing in entertainment right now. Those not shows do important. not saying they're important. Those shows do just, you know, uh, take resources from the movies, takes writers, takes VFX, 
takes, you know, directors that have to put time into these streamos and then they're not working on the movies. It takes people's attention away. Eventually, all of these things are going to add up to more misses at the box office for Marvel. Well, we're seeing the worm turning on a lot of things lately, right? Netflix, mm-hmm. the worm has turned. Right. Marvel, the worm is turning. Pixar, turning. the worm it has, has not turned. turned mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so it, it's, it's inevitable. Like, there's mm-hmm. inevitability to Marvel becoming less than it was. Right. And it's happening. And it's right. they have to either squelch it, they either have to slow down their production schedule, mm-hmm. or they're going to just face the extinction that most popular movements in culture see. Right, right, right. We're, we're not, big band music is not still the most popular music in the world. You know, mm-hmm. people are not still doing the Charleston when they go out on the weekends. There was a time when you went out on a weekend, every single person did the Charleston. Every mm-hmm. person is the only dance that anyone did. And listen, there was a decade where by far the most popular movies in the world were Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But like the Charleston, that is not going to last forever. No, no. And that happens. That's right. the thing. It's like, it's, it's like death. It's inevitable, right. but you can't live in fear of it. You have right. to face it head on, right? right? Right. You have to understand right. it's happening and say, what next? This right. is an opportunity here. Marvel weakening is an opportunity for every other company to step up. Paramount right. has done it. Yes. Universal looks like it's doing it, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. other companies need to step up here. Yeah. I mean, Universal, we talk a lot about Paramount because of the great year they've had from Scream to Jackass to Lost City to Sonic to, of course, Top Gun Maverick. But, you know, we don't talk a lot about Universal as a studio that is having just an incredible couple of months because they are, of course, the dinos, Jurassic World Dominion, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we talked about last week is just one of the quietest most, you know, heads down, does the work blockbusters there is, you know, that's universal. Black Phone, which is at $62 million domestic after three weeks for a movie that cost what? $15 million? This Blumhouse yep, Universal movie uh, made another $7 million, only down 37%. So that's universal. Universal has the bad guys, which, you know, now is all the way down at number 12, but is up to $96 million total in its 12th week. That was a big hit. And it's going to have nope in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, Universal, and it has the Minions. Minions, number two, only a 57% drop, up to $210 million uh, uh, domestic. Universal has three out of the top six movies right now and it's going to have nope open number one in two weeks yeah and i think nope is going to be a smash yeah 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 because nope's going to be walking into a really uh uh sort of doldrummy box office you know thor being in its third week a movie that people don't really like that much not opening this week nope's going to be huge it's keeping its mystery 
People w- trust Jordan Peele. He's one of the filmmakers people trust the most, I think, right now. Even though I was low on Us, did not like that film, I do think it was still a huge hit. Yep. And I think people, and this, I'm very excited for Nope. He would have to really screw the pooch on this one for me not to be excited for it. Yes. Yeah. Th- that's going to be huge. So we'll be talking a lot about that in a couple of weeks. But yeah, now, Universal you- is having a great run. I mean, let, let's just go back to Thor real quick. So 143 opening weekend, we're both kind of down on that, even though it is a good number. It's this movie is is a hit. Is there anything else specific to this movie? You know, whether it is the star of this movie, Chrissy Hemi, or Taika Waititi, anything that you see mattering in terms of what this number was, good or bad? Truly, no. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the other thing about it is it's not going to move up Natalie Portman's stock. No. It's not going to do anything for Christian Bale's stock. Right. It's not going to do anything with Chrissy Hemi's stock. No. Taika Waititi is already uh, off working on whatever th- 10 projects he already has in right. the works. That this, this was, was a lark for just him. A, this was just another thing he had to fit into his calendar. Yep. Right? So I don't think this affects anybody in the production. Mm-hmm. Tess Thompson doesn't affect her. So it affects none of the, the nobody in the production. Russell Crowe doesn't affect him in any way. Right. It it doesn't it doesn't mint a new star. You know, when you look at Thor Ragnarok a few years ago, that was a movie that was huge for Taika Waititi. You know, yes. that movie, you know, he got Jojo Rabbit was next and he won the Oscar, but Thor Ragnarok made him level up because that was so beloved and it was so much bigger than the previous Thor movies that made him a blockbuster director. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I don't think really does much for him. I agree. Chrissy Hemi is what he is, which is Thor. You know, mm-hmm. he's Thor and he continued to be Thor in this movie. So he'll continue to be Thor in life. So, you know, it's good that Thor exists. That's what this movie did for him. There was no breakout actor out of this i think yeah the natalie portman factor is interesting in that that was sort of what they initially tried to sell as the big value add for this movie that she was coming back as thor and i do think that's a situation where the bad word of mouth once people started knowing what exactly her role in this movie was that sort of took that away as a value add and it took away the chance for this movie to be some kind of not that Natalie Portman needs a breakout. She's probably as famous as she'll ever be, mm-hmm. but this movie didn't really do much for her. You know, her no. as Thor is not some kind of cultural moment. Yes. Yes. Marvel is, does not do that. It doesn't do the female superhero thing. Well, yeah, I mean, their Captain Marvel movie was huge, but that was kind of just by virtue of being the movie that came out right before Endgame. People didn't really love that movie, and not just, you know, Bad Faith Trolls. It was just a yeah. movie that most would agree was a lesser Marvel movie, and that was a big hit. Um, but yeah, the Natalie Portman factor didn't really add up to much. And I think going forward... Here's the thing. Going forward, do we both agree Thor Love and Thunder is not going to make more by the end than the Batman made 
in its run a couple of months ago. So what's the what's the Batman number again? So the Batman number, the final number for the Batman is $369 million total. That is what the Batman ended up making domestically. And it opened at 134. So it had a a lower opening weekend than Thor 11 Thunder, but it got to 369. So do we think Thor 11 Thunder gets to $369 million domestic? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think it barely, if it, I think it barely makes over what Thor Ragnarok did, which is 315. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, the, the thing we haven't mentioned is that Thor Love and Thunder did just get a B cinema score, which, you know, for most of us, B sounds like a good grade. But when it goes to cinema scores for these big blockbuster movies, B is a bad grade. You know, that's a good way to remember that B equals bad when it comes to cinema score for a Marvel movie. And those B cinema score Marvel movies usually end up making about like, 2.3 2.5 million times their opening weekend so thor love and thunder yeah might only get to the low 300s well so eternals also got a b cinema score right if that tells you anything right 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 you know if you're a pixar movie you don't want to be talked about in the same conversation as the good dinosaur and if you're a marvel movie you do not want to be in the same conversation as eternals and that yes. is where Love and Thunder is at right now. Not box office, of course, but reception, you know, critical audience reception. That's where it's at. Yeah. Um, so uh, earlier, let's yeah. let's talk a little bit because earlier you were talking about Munions and you and you referred to them as minions. So it's confusing to me. So can you explain what's going on here? This is a movie you saw this weekend as well. Well, that's the thing. So I saw this film on Saturday. Yeah. Now, I have never seen a Despicable Me movie previously, uh-huh. and I've never seen a, and I'm going to say here, I've never seen a Minions movie before. Okay. Uh, okay. So the thing is. Yeah. I went to see this film and we're going to play some explosive audio. I mean, maybe we could play in a minute. We're going to play some explosive audio. I went to this film with my niece, with my five-year-old niece. And uh, for the first time saw these, you know, uh, little yellow men from the universal illumination series. Never seen them before. Took her to see the film. And, it turns out they are officially called minions. They are called minions. So the confusion is, okay. Clayton, you and I, yes, as I'm sure millions of people around the world are both fans of, I mean, comedian, I would say more performance artist, Tony Zaret, uh, meme expert. That's his main thing. Yes. Meme expert, Tony Zaret. And, you know, he's deep into meme culture. He analyzes it. He he puts out these video essays about meme culture. And one of his biggest series was something called the Munions. It yeah. turns out 
the Munions are an original IP created by Tony Zare. We'll put the links in the show notes so you can see these videos for yourself that are a, uh, uh, basically they show you what happens to the Minions if the Minions were to drink hardcore cannabis juice. And we may have okay. to bleep out what I just said, but yeah, that is that. So that is the deal. The Munions are actually an online property created and owned by meme expert performance artist Tony Zarrett. The Minions are the movie series. That is the name of the movie series. Is the Minions, and and I know we would have no way of knowing this because we had never seen these films. We had never seen the Despicable Me films until I went on Saturday at my niece. So That's that so is the, wow. Yeah. I I'm blown away because you know how your brain can trick mm-hmm. you? Yes. Where you think you know something. So it's like how if you've ever lived in an area where you were able to drive to work, right? Mm-hmm. And you start driving to work every day and it's like you get in the car and then you just get to work. You don't even mm-hmm. realize how you got there because it just becomes that kind of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Your brain takes over. Yeah. I'm looking now at this title mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm seeing an I where there used to be a U and I swear yes. to God, every other time I've looked at this, it's been a U. No, same thing. Because same I thing. just assumed it was the same property because why wouldn't it be? Right, right, right. But there are different properties. The Munions again is a, a series of of on of online, you know, spoofs. I would say you could call them spoofs created by Tony Zarrett. The Minions is the Universal Illumination series that came from the Despicable Me averse. So Minions: Rise of Gru was the movie I saw on Saturday. I mean, let's quickly touch on it. Made forty five million dollars this weekend, drop of fifty seven percent, which is Good because you would have figured a movie like that could have dropped as high as 60, 65% in its second yep. weekend. So uh, the movie's doing well. It's going to be a blockbuster. I saw this film and now I get it. The Minions wow. are hilarious. The okay. Rise of Gru is, I mean, and it's it's a 85-minute film. Walter Wall laughs. I mean, we're Perfectly. not critics here. But I can't help but but just be critically effusive right now. The Minions Rise of Gru, I get why this is a blockbuster. These Minions are, and I hate the Three Stooges, but they are an improvement upon the Three Stooges. Three Stooges is the, the ooze that came out of the ocean, and eventually that ooze of the Three Stooges uh, uh, evolved into being these Minions. Well, the minions are better because there's more of them. There's more of them. I think they just are more graceful. They're the noises that they make, you know, the ba ba ba. Uh, they keep saying uh, little boss. They call Gru little boss. It's just at a much higher level than whatever the Stooges were doing. Ba 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 is uh, the evolution of nyuk nyuk nyuk. Okay. You know, and, and just hearing me say that now. Of course, Ba 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 is better than Yuck, Yuck, Yuck. Yeah. Well, you're not really selling the Yuck, 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 or however they said it, right? And then they did the, like, hand thing where he's like, right? I guess so, but it's no, it's not Ba Ba Ba. It's not Low Boss. The, the Minions, not to spoil anything, 
There is a scene in this movie in which the minions fly a commercial jet. All right. You know, they fly a commercial jet in this movie. It Doesn't is a, that feel a little too soon? But the way the minions do it, all you you're just laughing. You're you're not thinking of any any you know okay. uh, bad I'm real. I'm thinking worlds. that. I'm thinking Sully. It seems you know. No, no, no. This is not the, myself or my niece. Neither of us thought of Sully while we watched the minion scene where they fly commercial jet. We were, we okay, were okay. laughing and so saw the movie. Great film. I understand why this is a hit. Now, Clayton, I did after the movie record an an interview Mm -hmm. with my five-year-old niece to get a boots on the ground uh uh child you know target demo target audience perspective and i recorded it assuming we would play it on the air I, i you've heard this interview already i have i have and it it uh goes a little off the rails and one, you know, I am glad the Minions is a hit and I only root for success in this hilarious film. The one thing I will say is the, I do see where the Minions movie could affect kids and get them to act in a Minions-esque fashion. And I do think that's what happened in this interview is that my niece sort of has be is becoming a minion in a way because of having just seen the minions rise of Gru. All right. So I'm going to roll this interview. Okay. And I would say for, we do have a lot of, uh, want to be boys, want to be girls, want to be people, mm-hmm. but we also have a lot of want to be babies. Yes. And I would say guard their ears. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may Guards need to crawl ears. out of the room. I think if you're yeah. a wannabe O baby listening to this right now, this interview is uh, about what two minutes forty seconds. For the next two minutes and forty seconds, wannabe O babies, you might want to crawl out of the room. Find something to chew on. There's yeah. there's bound to be things in the apartment that aren't baby proofed. So yeah, go for yeah. that. Yeah, the the language here gets a little rough. Um, and I think one thing to note up top: this is nothing to do with the minions. My uh, niece refers to me as Pat Pat. That is my name uh, yes. as as she knows it. So when you hear her refer to Pat Pat, she is referring to me. That is who that is. So if there's any confusion there, for the purposes of, of my niece in this interview, I am Pat Pat. I am the entity known as Pat Pat. Okay, here we go. Before we start, what is your name, miss? Celia, you already know it. Okay. All right, that's fair. So, Celia, what movie did we see today? Did we see the Munions? Minions. It's not called Munions? No. What's it called? Minions. Okay. So, what did you think of the movie? Okay. Some of my parts, some of the parts were my favorite, but... What was was your favorite part? When the, the Minion that had the braces... Forgot the chain with the crystal on it. That was funny. You know what my favorite part was? Did you like the part when they flew the airplane? Yeah. You thought it was funny? Yeah. Wait, what is this? It's it's the sound recording. It shows that it's recording our, our voice for the oh, podcast. Oh, now yeah. can we do water balloons? 
a few minutes. I got to hear your thoughts on the movie. Who was your... Shush. What was your favorite part of the Minions? What? Oh. I let the record show that the interview subject has her finger in my mouth right now. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Pat-Pat is a stink face. No, 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 no. Don't say that on the show. People can't think that I'm a stink face. That's not nice. And me and my friend Sophie call him a really bad stink face. So everybody should call this big dumb face that he's a stink no. face. Are you learning this from the Munions? <laughs> Did they teach you how to act like this? Oh, goodness, you're crapping Chino. Oh, wait. What? What else do you have to say? My about pap has a crapping Chino. Wait, wait, no, no, no. What does that even mean? <laughs> that he's like crap. I, you can't say this. I have to bleep you out on the show because you're saying words that aren't allowed. Like, gimme. Where? What else do you have? It has to be about the movie. Um, my pap has like a stink dumb face. No, 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 no. You have to say something about the movie, the minions, the yellow pe Did you like that they're yellow? Pap is a dumb, weak. Old man! No. <laughs> Papa's elbows are yeah. the universe of his butt. That doesn't make sense. You can't say things like this on the show. So it when, has to be. No, no. So we got to get back on track. So when Pat had. No, no, no. Well, so Pat had. Wait, you can't, say, you can't say the word butt on the show. You can't say butt. Okay. You have to use different words. And Pat. talk about the minions. Start. Say the sentence has to start. The minions. And now finish that sentence. So. Okay, so Papa always puts his hat in the toilet bowl. All right, I'm ending this. No, I'm Pat ending this interview. Say one thing about the minions before I end this. Okay. Say Pat one thing. eyeballs or full of blood. All right, that's it. Goodbye, everyone. All right, so it's, a, it's some rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, she had just seen the minions, so she was... She was, uh, you know, I, I had also just pumped her full of candy. She ate a bag mm -hmm. of Skittles yeah, at this movie, um, which also good for these theaters. I am sure these minions are selling a lot of candy, a lot of popcorn, a lot of Skittles because we walked in there and she rolled me for, you know, three bags of candy and a bag of popcorn right off the top. Mm -hmm. So good for these movie theaters. I mean, listening to that interview, it almost makes me think she may have not just seen the Minions movie. She may have seen some of Tony Zaret's Munions shorts beforehand. It's Cause, possible. Because she sounded more like a Munion there than she even did a Minion. Because the Minions, mm -hmm. when you do think about it, they're very, they're antique, you know, and they're high strung. But the Munions, I think, are the ones who drop these these curse words you know such yeah. as but they're more likely to to say but the minions aren't insult comics i mean they're not part of roast culture no i mean they can't speak really so it, mm -hmm. it would be hard for them to 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 participate in roast culture i will say i do I, there is something that i i i did like about the way she evaded your questions mm -hmm. because listen uh, there will be there 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 will be a time in everybody's life where the media will try to interview you, mm -hmm. and if you don't want to be interviewed, a lot of the things that your niece does in this interview, mm -hmm. I think, are very helpful. Mm -hmm. 
sticking your finger in the interviewer's mouth. Yeah. That's going to, that is totally going to send them off track. Oh, I was thrown from that point. I, I was totally off my game once, or once she stuck her fingers in my mouth and I couldn't speak. Staying off topic after mm-hmm. being asked to be on topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal insults against mm-hmm. your interviewer. Right. Saying right. that you're, well, there was a lot of uh, crap involved. You were, uh, I think you were like uh, full of crap maybe. Yeah, she your called me eyeballs. a cappuccino, which, which I think she had heard the word cappuccino earlier and she turned uh-huh. that into crappuccino. So which you have you know, to, that's, right? Yeah, you have to. Saying your eyeballs are full of blood, saying yes. you put your ball cap in the toilet, which is actually something I've seen you do. So I don't think that's necessarily like a. She says a I put my. He- she says I put my head in the toilet. I heard it as he puts his hat in the toilet. No, no, my head. He puts his head in the toilet. Okay, yeah. well, I'll go back to the footage and and and, and listen. But yeah, yeah. there's something involving uh, a toilet here. Either either way, my head is wet with toilet water, water, according to her. And that, that discredits the interviewer. Exactly. Because why would, why would somebody come up with that? In what world would you think that someone would say your hair is covered in toilet water and not think that there is some sort of factual basis to this? So I do applaud her for evading an interview. Right. Right. And I do think there are – it is instructional for somebody who is being hounded yeah. to use some of these tactics. That's true. I mean, listen, I I sprung that interview on her out of nowhere. I was in her home, mm-hmm. you know, and so I guess in retrospect, I get it. She was not going to take that seriously. I never cleared the interview ahead of time. I never w- went through the proper channels. I basically just yeah. pulled the microphone out on her in her home which is a no-no which is also a great thing she did which was pretend she didn't know what the microphone was right right that's such a great move like such a canny we talk about kids it being creepy that kids are very media savvy Mm -hmm. but there's something about your niece that she's media savvy but she's also antagonistic towards the media Right. Well, she's media. She's media evasive. You know, yes. she's not out there looking for 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 views and clicks. She's out there looking to be left alone. And, and you know what? Yeah. That's that that I, I guess in retrospect, what we just played is 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 a model for what hopefully the next generation, you know, of babies is going to be like in their relationship with online media is they're going to evade it they're not going to look for it it's no more like hey guys or like and subscribe smash that like button it's going to be fingers in your mouth it's going to be like what is this thing that i'm speaking into right right uh the the interviewer is saying if you continue with that language i'm going to have to beep you and then the person being interviewed continuing with that language and amping it up so everything needs to be beeped right i mean this is i think a good good thing for the coming generation yeah i'm hopeful for i mean the children are our future and 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 your niece is leading the way yeah so all right well explosive interview there on the minions uh, quickly, anything else in this top five? You want to, I mean, listen, Top Gun Maverick, we barely talked about. First but it weekend, hasn't moved up the charts domestically yet. So we don't, okay. we can talk about it maybe if this happens on Thursday, 
but sure. it's still at number 12, right so under we'll, Incredibles 2. So on Thursday, we'll give an update in terms of where Top Gun Maverick is is heading on the all-time list. It made $15.5 million this weekend, 40% drop. Its first weekend under $20 million since it opened, lost 330 theaters. Um, I'm going to throw this out there, you know, just, just as something to be provocative right now. I do think, and I put this this prediction on Twitter earlier today, I am predicting that Top Gun Maverick will eventually get to be the number one uh, movie of the weekend at some point between now and October. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that target date is early September, yes. possibly the second weekend of September. I do think Top Gun Maverick eventually will end up being the number one movie of a weekend. I think it's going to take a weekend where Paramount does a, a, an expansion, sort of a soft re-release of it, gets it into a lot, of, uh, gets it in all the IMAXs again, gets it in all the PLFs. But when you look ahead to the schedule the next two months, after Bullet Train, you know, has its first couple of weekends, we're pretty light until October with Halloween Kills. And I think that is going to be a, a period where Top Gun Maverick will eventually get to number one again. Well, in that early September, what, that's Memorial Day weekend? What is that? Labor Day. Labor, Labor Day, Day weekend. weekend. I, that's right. Memorial Day. Labor Day yeah. weekend. You're going to have Labor Day weekend. Salem's Lot has moved. So you're going to have a huge vacuum. You're going to be able to get those PLFs. You're going to get those IMAXs. I agree. That is the window for Top Gun Maverick to reclaim number one. Yeah. Yeah. So and and one note is uh, David Thompson of the Cinema Spending podcast. He's now on the Direct podcast is is a new podcast he's joined. So look for him there. Past guest of the B.O. Boys. He did remind me that on Labor Day weekend, Friday, September 2nd, you're, you we we do have a planned re-release of Spider-Man No Way Home from Sony, and that movie's going to get a bunch of PLFs and IMAXs. So I do think oh. it's the following Friday, September 9th, that could be Maverick weekend. That could be where then Maverick gets a bunch of IMAXs, PLFs. And you, you did just mention it, Friday, September 9th was supposed to be Warner Brothers Salem's Lot was going to open the big you know Stephen King adaptation we've debated how big Stephen King is or isn't other than the it series but Salem's lot was supposed to be that you know Warner Brothers has carved out this early September horror blockbuster slot with the it movies with some conjuring movies and Salem's lot officially has moved from September all the way to April 2023 so that and they're so- citing VFX delays right huh? yeah because yeah. Marvel's got everybody working in their in their minds, making crappy looking Thor movies and, and bad looking She Hulk TV shows. Yeah, it it is, you know, not to to stay on the it it is something now where television used to be a pretty special effects free zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you you didn't have special effects houses. Uh, uh, spending a ton of resources making Boston legal and no. making even making the action big shows of their times. They don't spend a lot of money making 
Hawaii Five O or the A Team, mm-hmm. you know, or 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 just your hour long tent pole TV shows. But nowadays, Marvel's tying up all these special effects houses making streamo shows. Yeah. So it's it's affecting all of these movie releases with the things that really matter. So yeah, Salem's Lot moves out of the September slot. We've got a horror movie called Barbarian, directed by uh, Zach Kreger of The Whitest Kids You Know. Of course, everyone knows that sketch troupe. Mm-hmm. So that horror movie is coming out in September instead, September 9th. I mean, we'll get into it down the road. I do not think that's a replacement for Salem's Lot. So I think that is where Top Gun Maverick could end up being number one. Yes, I think there's a very good chance of that. Um, well, anything else to note? Elvis made another 11 million, only dropped 39%. What a great hold great, for Elvis. Great hold. And I think we clap for this movie when it goes over 100, which it inevitably will. How about this? You know, we haven't done this in a while. When Elvis gets over 100, Ooh. do we carve up the box office and see who gets credit for, for Elvis? How, how much money each of these people, participants in Elvis deserve? For that box Do you mean office. our patented divvy up the millions segment? Yes. TM. Yes. All rights reserved. Yes. I think that's one that we do. I mean, I also think that's something we do for Top Gun when it's rain ends, but we won't have to do that until probably 2023. Yeah. I mean, here's a tease. I think that might be something we do on next week's Monday episode of the BO boys as we call, we divvy up the millions for Elvis. Cause I mean, next weekend's going to be a little bit of a lighter weekend when it comes to new releases. We'll get to that mm-hmm. at the end of the week. So maybe next Monday we divvy up the millions for Elvis after it gets to a hundred. Why not? Let's do it. That's going to uh, be an interesting one. Yeah. And in this Russ's top 10, nothing else too exciting. I mean, black phone again is doing great. And here's one thing I'll say about black phone it opened like a horror movie in that it had the really nice, buzzy opening weekend, but it's legging out like a thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fading away the way horror movies open big and then they fall off a cliff. You know, Black Phone has got that. And, and we said it after we saw it. It's got more of an all audiences appeal because it's not just a horror movie. It plays yeah, more a like a thriller. Fest. Yes, it's not a gore fest. And, you know, a 37% drop for a movie like that in its third weekend, people like this movie. And it's a hit for Blumhouse, a hit for Universal. Yeah. Yeah, biggest drop in the top 10 was Mr. Malcolm's List, which doesn't count because it only made $250,000. But it's like, even the the Minions only dropped 57. I mean, this is good. People are going to the theater. It's just there's not going to be enough product. And that's something that we're going to be talking about for the next couple months. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, big takeaway Thor was number one, but we'll see. We'll see next week right here what the drop is. Cause I think that's going to be the story of this movie is not so much the opening weekend. It's going to be weekends two and three. This is definitely a drop in the sixties. Definitely. If not a little, higher i mean i wouldn't say it's going to do morbius drop i think this drops in the 60s definitely well you know what we'll hold our final predictions because we're coming back at the end of the week with a weekend preview episode and we will 
uh, previewed Thor's second weekend, and a couple of new movies that are opening wide on Friday the 15th. But we'll, we'll be back at the end of the week with a new episode. So, Clayton, is there anything else that we have to cover today? No, I, I'd say till then, to, uh, where, uh, where can they find us? Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. I mean, of course, our discussion on Thor, Love and Thunder, got real heated today. It was classic radio. You know, again, it's why we need three hours every morning or, you know, drive time in the afternoon. We'll take that so we don't have to get yeah. up early. Got heated. You're not, we don't have the, the the setup right now where callers could, listeners could call in. So instead, email us, you know, email us instead of calling in as if we were a drive time radio show. Email us at the podcast at gmail.com. Send us your hot takes. Send us your rants as if you did call. You know, email us with a first time, long time, and then just go nuts. Just start screaming at the phone, but type it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, here's the thing. I mean, you might not understand this, but you can actually record your voice on the phone mm-hmm. and send that to us. So maybe do that. Sure, sure. And then maybe just put it on a streaming service because that's where Clayton gets his media. Sure, is of on course, streaming of services, course. not yeah. in the movie. You know videos. me, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, uh, Disney Plus guy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Pat, I think we did it. We did it. And there's nothing left to say, except for until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the. At the-